Just waiting for everyone to step on in. We are live on Twitch right now. Look at our podcast.com. Look at our podcast, Twitch, all your favorite social media platforms. Sipping on a little bit of Cafe Bustella this morning. Nothing new, nothing crazy, but uh, it's the classic blend to get me going every morning. How's it going, Twitch? How's it going, YouTube? Everybody? Got a big one today. The Flash 2023. I feel like I have to keep looking at the year because the year is just kind of flying by. It's going to be 2024 before we even know it. Um, but yeah, so we have a non-spoiler and spoiler review of The Flash getting ready to come up here pretty soon. And uh, I just wanted to talk about it. I saw the film. I um, have maybe one or two hot takes about it, but I think I kind of align with a lot of the majority of the individuals. How's it going? How's it going, Twitch? Um, this is Look It All Podcast. We are live on all your favorite platforms, which is basically just Twitch at the moment, but we are getting ready to have the Flash movie review. Um, it's kind of feels like it's been talked about for what I heard in the grapevine was over 10 years. And on top of that, they, um, you know, they've been having to deal with the Ezra Miller craziness of it all. I don't have his entire rap sheet on his um, every all these crimes. This uh, the main actor has been accused of committing, but um, it's quite extensive. I think Variety has a pretty good uh, article regarding the Ezra Miller situation. Um, but I'm going to try to do my best of just talking about the movie without having preconceived notions or anything about these uh, backstories of these potential actors that are bringing in some very problematic uh, circumstances with them. So um, let me get this pulled up right here. Pulled up right here, box off. Okay, so. And then a uh, happy uh, late Juneteenth. What is it? It's the 20th today, but you know, everybody celebrated yesterday. So hopefully y'all had a good one and you were allowed to get the day off, if not some time off, but um. So yes, let's talk about the flash in a couple of different aspects. I'll try to do it from the the narrative way I was going to when I first walked out of the movie, not having knowing what the majority of, you know, the consensus was from everybody. But having said that, I was excited for um, a flash movie. I was not excited to, with all of this baggage that uh, Ezra Miller, the actor was bringing in with it. But like I said earlier, we're going to kind of keep that on the, uh, you know, the back burner. We're not going to try to, you know, not have it color our um, vision of this movie review. So let's get into the movie review. Just uh, waiting for 
couple people to hop into the chat. If anyone has anything to say, hop into the chat, or if you're listening to this on the VOD or any other platform, SoundCloud, I got a lot, we got viewers on, listeners on there that like to interact as well. You can interact in the comment section. And um, if we are interacting um, back on the podcast, then you'll be listening for the aftercast. That's where we'll be talking about, you know, the feedback from everybody unless it's just a ridiculous amount of feedback and we can't get it all in an aftercast. So aftercast for everyone is uh, where we are going to regard all the feedback that is not in the live chat. So let's hop into the Flash 2023 movie review. The Flash 2023 American superhero film based on the DC Comics character of the same name. Produced by Warner Brothers Pictures, DC Studios, Double Dream, and The Disco Factory, and distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures, it is the 13th installment in the DCEU. The film is directed by Andy Muschietti, the same director as the first, the, the most recent It movies, which I, I really enjoyed. And um, he's he's got kind of an eclectic style that kind of resembles a little bit of del toro-esque nature i like uh muschetti's vision in most of his movies he also directed uh the 2013 and wrote the 2013 movie mama he's had quite a notable career going from the 2013 short film mama and then he made it an actual movie in 2013 and then from there he directed four years later 2017 it did not write it he also um directed like i said it too two years later and then from there he went on to the flash i mean this is a very um big leap in those budgets when you look at um what this guy's actually brought so from the screenplay of Christina Hodson, it stars Ezra Miller as Barry Allen slash The Flash, um, alongside Sasha Cali, Michael Shannon, Ron Livingston, Maribel Verdu, uh, Kiersey Clemens, Atije Treyu. I'm sorry if I'm getting some of these wrong, uh, a little bit mispronounced. And uh, of course, the titular. If you don't want to know anybody in this movie, you better just, just pause it right now because this is all over the marketing. Batman, the 1989 Tim Burton's Michael Keaton is back. He's back, everybody. I hope I didn't uh, ruin that for, as a as a spoiler for anyone because it's all over the marking. Anyone that if you look at the uh, if you look at the, the the cast, if you look at the trailers, if you look at anything, they wanted this to kind of go in very much headfirst as a Batman movie, then a Flash movie first. I mean, take away all of the backstory of, you know, what's been going on with the Ezra Miller um, uh, crime spree, so to say. Like, I, I think all of this is, some of it has been settled, some of it hasn't been settled. Like, he was on a, he was going on a, a rampage in Hawaii, and then there's, like random videos of him assaulting some random women, but we didn't know if it was, it was like a joke, a prank, or if it was actually happening. No one knew what was going on. It was very unclear, and it seems to be un unsettled. And uh, WB, uh, you know, does not want that obviously to be leading the forefront of the promotion of the Flash. Now, there's a couple aspects of this movie that we it's going to be interesting to talk about this from, but 
Um, the anticipation going into this movie was ridiculous. That uh, James Gunn has taken over of the DC, uh, the DC. I think they've. It's not the DCEU anymore. It's just DCU, I guess. Um, the studio head as 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 like the uh, and, and I think is it Peter Safran the other guy. Um, so he's the new vision of the DCEU for the next at least probably 10 years, give or take, because they need that much long. They need that long to, you know, plan all these movies out, create all the movies and have all these contracts start and end, yada, yada. Um, but since then, The Flash was basically already in post-production. I want to say that it was either finished shooting or it had been close to finish shooting around 2020 2021 right when ezra miller's stuff was kind of finishing or all this stuff was coming out about him and so the the one thing i do want to say is i don't think the general audience knows about this actor and in his troubles unless he's just been blasted all over the news and i have just been missing it I, i i honestly think that um the reason that the flash is opening to a disappointing 55 million as opposed to i think they had predicted around 75 million um box office opening is mostly because in my opinion um the obviously the the lack of anticipation for the majority of of these dc movies has been kind of waning for a while I think that's a big factor. Another factor I think is um, the Flash is not exactly, uh, despite the, I think it was a 10 year run, 10 season run maybe of the superhero show. I have not watched it, but I, I hear it's great and very, it's very accurate, comic book accurate and stuff like that, CW. Um, but I don't know if that had a big enough of a fan base to push um, this big of a movie. I'm seeing the budget was around 200 to 220 million, give or take these reshoots and all of this other crazy nonsense that they had to go in behind the scenes. Um, but, you know, plus all these payouts they're probably having to do because of the Ezra Miller situation. Um, it's not a cheap movie. It's it's obviously expensive as hell to make. It's got a ton of cameos. I, despite, you know, uh, listing all of those individuals, there's still a ton of um, Easter eggs and other cameos from other actors and, you know, uh, other parts of the fran- the WB franchise that um, they had to pay too. So everyone needed a, a cut of the check. So it's an expensive ass endeavor. I don't know if it had that big of a fan base originally and i think they might have put a lot of eggs in their basket alongside james gunn coming out and saying you know tom cruise has seen this movie it's the best movie since you know who who knows it's the best superhero movie since the dark knight everyone was that all these pre-screeners that people had seen were over hyping the hell out of it I was kind of going in with a little bit more of a grain of salt. I was like, okay, maybe the movie is good, but is it really that damn good? And after seeing it and kind of sitting on it for a few days, I'm I'm actually glad that I didn't go and immediately give a review on this because having removed a few days from it, thinking back on it, having a little bit more of uh, not just kind of being like shell-shocked a little bit because there are some great scenes i'm not going to say that this is a a bad movie at all but having some time to kind of reflect on 
the the plotting of it and does some things make more sense than others yeah i honestly think that a couple um i i mean obviously there is a, an icing out of certain actors um in wb and i'm trying to uh anyone that's in the know of the wb warner brothers justice league kerfuffle of all of these different actors and um know that it it didn't exactly all work out, especially from certain actors coming back and certain actors not coming back. I'm kind of dancing around who I'm talking about because I don't want to uh, give any spoilers at this moment, but we'll all, we'll talk about it in the spoiler section here coming up. And so let's talk a little bit more about the development of this, but overall, the reasoning that I think this is uh, opening up to kind of a, a lower box office, I'm not sure if it had the fan base. Obviously, the Justice League does not have as much reverence in the most in the last 10 years as um as uh, the marvel movies if you want to compare the two there is some signs of superhero fatigue i think on top of all of this the other thing is um movie tickets are expensive this was a jam-packed last like three or four weeks within the last like uh, i'd say at least month we've had Transformers, we've had Spider-Verse 2, we've had um, uh, The Flash, and then on top of the family movies in between, like uh, Elemental, um, that has gotten hardly any promotion, that all of these movies are kind of collapsing in on each other, just coming out so, so quick, back to back to back. On top of that, in earlier in the year, we've had movies that were kind of flopping in a way that or disappointing similar to such as uh, quantum mania or something of that nature. And so I do feel like there's a multitude of factors of why the flash is not performing super well. Um, I would be curious to see if it has longer uh, legs. I, I have a feeling that despite it getting a cinema score of a B, which means people aren't exactly that pleased about it. Like if you get a bad cinema score under like an A minus, like Batman v Superman, I believe got a cinema score of a B. It's, it, it's the interpretation of, uh, of what, it's the expectation of audiences going into the movie theater versus what they got coming out. They, these audiences that are coming out aren't exactly pleased. So, but I got to say, I reading a lot of these, um, reading a lot of the, you know, the behind the scenes, people's reviews, you know, this, that, and the other, I don't think it's the greatest movie, but I also don't think it's the worst movie. I, I sometimes feel like I have to come off as a little bit of a Snyder apologist, although I do got to say he's made some very interesting movies and very not so interesting movies. The, the Army of the Dead that came out two years ago was one of the worst movies I think I had seen that year, just from uh, so many things. I just, I, I, I couldn't even do a review about it because I didn't think I could say anything good about it. So I, I, I do got to say Snyder's got a lot of good. He's got a lot of bad. And so the, the justice league has been trying to kind of, you know, wipe off the Snyder verse kind of quote unquote taint that has been on it. Although, you know, to be honest, that all the majority of the action scenes when they let him do his thing i think the majority of the viewers and fans that have seen the uh the snyder verse cut the longer extended edition i think of justice league 
it ended up being, you know, much more of a cohesive story as compared to the weird chopped up cut we got in uh, the theatrical version. So if you go back and look at a lot of his stuff, most of his stuff, I, I've made this uh, observation before that most of his own cuts, his own director's cuts are much better than his theatrical cuts. Now, um, so let's get back to The Flash. In the film, Barry, um, this is the this is the uh, plot. So if you don't want to know anything, uh, you know, come on back after you watch the movie, you know what to do. In the film, Barry travels back in time to to prevent his mother's death, which brings unintended consequences. So, with saying that. The whole deal of this is essentially, if you've seen almost half the movies dealing with the multiverse in the past two to three years, it's the same damn plot. Now, that's not The Flash's fault immediately. I don't want to put this all at the feet of The Flash, but it does feel very much like we are getting some... Uh, I'm not going to give... It's, it's hard to talk about this if you haven't seen other movies and I don't want to really spoil them, but if you've if you've seen other recent movies dealing with the multiverse, the, the Marvel movies, even the Sony led Marvel movies. All of them. All multiverse all all of them are dealing with some sort of. multiverse time travel esque got to go back and save the past. Um, Endgame even had some some sprinkles of it. I'm I'm trying not to I'm trying to be kind of vague about it, but to be honest, there's been at least five or six movies since 2018. Was that when Spider Verse opened up the multiverse? I think I I feel like that was the movie that really opened it up. But that and Infinity War. But ever since then, we've got this this character that needs to go back and fix the past to fix the future it's 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 back to the future everyone has everyone has seen this plot i'd say multiple multiple times over the course of multiple films and it like i said it's not the flash's fault i if this was in development for over 10 years and they had done it first then they would it's it's all a multitude of which one came out first and obviously which one's done it the best my whole thing is, I don't necessarily think what The Flash has done is necessarily bad at all. I, and and I, don't, I don't want to sound like I'm an apologist for it, but I also don't want to sound like I'm I'm super cheering it on because I do feel like there are like, a you know, a subsection of problems. My thing is, I think the, the positive definitely outweigh the negative and I'm I'm am glad it exists. And I think it feels like a very uh, complete puzzle, uh, sorry, complete piece of the puzzle that this uh, era of the Snyderverse needed to kind of, you know, you know, cap itself and push it away kind of thing. I do think that this movie leaves it in a state that um, makes sense for them to just kind of scrap the entire Justice League's, you know, the cast and, and then start back over. Um, not crazy about the idea, even though I think Miller does an amazing job as the Flash. I'm not crazy about him having this rap, rap sheet and still being lauded as a, a movie star. I, I have like fundamental qualms about like 
if you're in the spotlight and stuff like that and you have these really terrible allegations it's different it's different if it's um you know minor stuff and it's obviously you're not hurting people but it, it sounds like there was some uh terrible shit going on behind the scenes and i just don't believe that you should you should be granted the ability to be in the spotlight and paid millions and millions of dollars on top of it um knowing all of that's true so i hope it's not true but if it is that's for another story let's just stick to the the acting of it all how did they do on screen and i'm uh i've probably said a few times uh i, I might have mispronounced or i might have misspoken and said he um ezra miller goes by they them so bear with me as i'm trying to adjust my vocabulary and learning how to uh, adjust for that so sorry about that so yeah the story is by john francis daly same the game night guy i'm pretty sure he was the same guy um he's the freaks and geeks kid and i believe he also recently i don't know if he directed but i think he definitely wrote the dungeons and dragons movie which i actually liked i thought that was actually pretty good um I thought John Francis Daly actually was pretty good. Let me see. Da, 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 da. Filmography, feature films. Yeah, so this year he had Dungeons and Dragons, which he did direct and he did write. Also EP on there too. Um, so yeah, I, I generally like his stuff. I think he's very in the know of uh, kind of Easter egg type stuff. And this movie definitely needs to have that kind of nerd hat on you know you need to have the the guys that know their shit behind um you know comic book number four five six you know you know the flash came back and he had a flash you know it's all that shit so i do want to be upfront that i'm not a hundred percent a comic book nerd i'm I, I don't think i've read a comic book through maybe twice so it's not like i have anything against it i just never got into it i was more of a video game guy so i just never got into that side but um, so we are going to be just discussing the flash very much based off of the viewers perspective. I've watched a little bit of justice league, obviously when I was a kid was one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite shows. I used to love the, the animation style of the DC universe. I was never a big Marvel head actually growing up until obviously Iron Man opened that door, um, blew the door down, but the, um, the Flash, the Green Lantern, the Batman, the Superman, I used to love the iconography of that growing up. So I do have like reverence for the the DC universe. I've been mostly mixed feelings on the last 10 years of it. So um, overall, I got to say that this movie is on the upper tier, upper echelon, in my opinion, for just it being an overall fun time at the movies. I'm going to try to critique this way more as a casual moviegoer going into this than like a harsh critic would probably be doing. Mostly because the you know the, this movie kind of has to be taken with a grain of salt with with so many caveats to it, you know? So let's talk about this a little bit more. Development of the film Featuring The Flash began in the late 1980s with multiple writers and directors attached to the project through 2014. 
The film was then redeveloped as a part of the DCEU with Miller cast as the title character. Multiple directors were attached to the film over the years with Seth Graham Smith, Rick Farmeryua, and the duo of John Francis Daly and uh, Jonathan Goldstein, all departing the project over creating creative differences. Oh, I guess John Francis, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein did, weren't on the final cut. They must have had some stuff in here, though. Uh, Muschietti and Hudson joined the film in July 2019, and pre-production began in January 2020. The film is influenced by the comic book storyline Flashpoint, featuring multiple DC characters, including, this is going to have some quote-unquote spoilers for the cameos that are in this movie. So if you really don't want to know anybody in this movie, just kind of, uh, you know, pause, come back, and we'll discuss the rest of them because I'm about to uh, talk about a couple of these cameos. So uh, multiple DC comic characters uh, reprise their roles, including Ben Affleck and Keaton in the respective versions of Batman. Principal photography took a place from April to uh, October 2021. Okay, so the majority of this actually was shot in between 2021. I want to say that was kind of around the time when Ezra was going through that stuff, but I, I, I don't have that directly on me. Um, Warner Brothers Studios, Lev's, uh, Levsden, and on, um, oh, that, that's where it was shot and on location around the United Kingdom. The Flash premiered at the Grumman's Chinese Theater in Los Angeles on June 12th, 2023, and was released in the, uh, sorry, the United States on June 16th, following multiple delays caused by director changes, the COVID-19 pandemic, and post-production setbacks, so to speak. The received praise sorry the film received praise for his plot action sequences humor and performances particular of miller and keaton but criticism for the quality of its visual effects and the third act so kind of just wrapping that all up in um in a bow uh, with a running time of 144 minutes i thought the pacing was generally pretty good the CGI, obviously, some uh, that's going to be talked about for the most of the uh, criticism for the people that didn't like it, as alongside of uh, the cameos and, and Easter eggs that happened in the third act. I didn't have a problem with the visual effects. Mostly, I mean, it's when when the director comes out on the day of the movie and he's seeing all these things that uh, he's seeing all the reviews and all these people are saying what's going on with the cgi and he says oh that was a creative style i don't know if i should take him at his word or if some of the cg is just wonky because some people are comparing the cgi to like ps2 graphics and doing um you know you remember the rock and the scorpion uh, king and just looking crazy, just completely buttery smooth. Um, I did see that happening in this movie a little bit, but like, I guess I can't exactly pinpoint why it didn't, it didn't, um, it didn't set my rating back. Like the, the CGI, it, like there's, 
characters and cameos that happen that are obviously in in full CGI regalia at the end of the movie. But I guess either I was so excited that they were bringing them or that it was brought to life or that there's no other opportunity that this is going to happen like this again. So why not now kind of thing? Maybe it, maybe it's a combination of the things, but I wasn't exactly thrown out like I obviously was like whoa that CGI is a little sketchy but it, it didn't like set my bar down like I didn't dislike the movie any less so there's uh, another part of the movie that I'm gonna have to wait to to talk about the seamless CGI but there's a, a part where uh, a character is interacting with themselves I'm, I'm I'm not gonna say who yet a younger version of themselves and I'm not going to say who, but it is seamless. And I think any time that's happening on screen, it's absolutely seamless. And I think those are the types of CGI uh, points that you need to kind of grant them because, you know, obviously different studio houses and different uh, visual effects houses use um, use different parts for different elements of their movie. You know, some do the background, some do characters, some do individual characters. It's all very uh, de dependent on what, what house, what studio house is working on each piece of CGI. So, um, you know, I'm not going to harp too much on the CGI. It didn't, it didn't bother me to high, high hell, but I will say that it was noticeable. And given how long that this movie felt like it's been in production and kind of just been sitting on the shelf waiting, uh, I, I felt like it probably could have been worked over maybe a little bit more, but, you know, it's whatever. Um, it's neither here nor there. Let me see what else we got before we get into the spoiler section. Yeah, so I would give this movie, this is, this is a tough one. Um, uh, looking back on it, it, you know, normally I, I would never give a, a movie a two, like a two separate ratings, but I would probably say for critics, it's probably around a seven and in general audiences, it's around an eight because I, overall, if a movie indulges in fan service and Easter eggs and cameo, if they do it right and they have some sort of emotional gripping ending at, at a certain point, which I feel like this movie has a strong emotional ending in it or a strong emotional through line that actually works. Um, and I think that that's important for standard quote unquote regular standard audiences versus critics. And so I think that there is enough entertainment value, and I think that there is uh, enough that gives the audiences what they want, despite maybe a couple setbacks that um, other critics or maybe uh, or more uh, intense fans might want. Um, I, I do think that this is probably going to do better on you know, HBO Max or something like that, because I don't have a lot of my friends talking about going to, going or wanting to see the the Flash. I thought I would have some friends that'd be like, dude, we got to go see this. We got to, you know, I don't have that many people saying, let's go see it. I don't like all my boys that I normally go see any Marvel movies with that we, these big ones, the tentpole ones that uh, we, we haven't talked about it. No one's even really spoken about it. I, you know, I haven't seen too much cross promotion for The Flash. I, I was expecting to maybe see some Batman, Justice League, Wonder Woman. I thought I was going to see all of that all over, the, all over like the Fortnite type platforms to buy the skins and the characters. I'm kind of, uh, I'm not, 
I don't know if I'm underwhelmed or I'm just surprised that they they didn't want to push it. Maybe it's the Warner Brothers is trying not to push the promotion of Ezra Miller or something. Maybe, but then they could easily just uh, you know license out the Flash costume. I would assume, but it's just a number of things about this um, about this film that are kind of fascinating and, and you know that uh, are are curious in my opinion about why this movie's not exactly performing to its max i also think that on top of that michael keaton wonderful batman i think he's probably a large subsection of the majority of people's favorite batman but this movie my uh Michael Keaton's Batman, I don't think that that's a millennial Batman, in my opinion. I, I might be wrong, or if it is, it's split down the middle. Because there was no consistent Batman growing up, I don't believe, until for like five or six years for many millennials. So the earliest ones they would remember would be like the, the, the goofy Batman and Robin ones. Or they would maybe, they might, I just don't know if... Michael Keaton is considered the millennials Batman. Uh, I think that, in my opinion, the one I remember the most, I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily the best Bruce Wayne, but Christian Bale was the one that I grew up with. So that was the, that's the Batman I have the most reverence for. This uh, Michael Keaton is more of a more recent attachment to that performance. And uh, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I, you know, everyone has their own favorite Batman. I'm, I'm, I'm strictly saying, I don't know if the majority of millennials who would know Ezra Miller and the Justice League really care about Michael Keaton coming back. Because I don't have any friends talking about Michael Keaton coming back. I think maybe some older um, millennials or uh, what is it, Gen Xs, I believe, maybe they would remember better. But I just maybe he would even hit better with the boomers my my thing is instead of them having like a a four quadrant type movie where it's going to hit all of it it feels more like a two quadrant movie where it's like hitting two very large steps so that's a long-winded way of saying i don't know if millennials really have that much reverence for uh michael keaton coming back i think maybe you know if you think of james gunn james gunn was probably the right age where he remembers bat him seeing batman on the big screen but that's closer to 35 to 40 ish and I'm, I'm just not sure if those 35 to 40 ish demographics are coming to see the flash or even give a shit about the flash like I'm, I'm not really sure who the general audience was for michael keaton i think that maybe it's more niche than they expected so that's a uh, yeah like i said long-winded way of saying i don't know if millennials remember them let me know what you think in the comment section youtube uh you know i'm obviously just speculating about why the movie didn't do 100 percent well but um and i we don't necessarily know if it's a bomb yet i i think that might have legs it might not maybe people were doing a lot of traveling last week or it was just a smashed box office okay Let's go to the plot. Spoilers all ahead for The Flash.
Here's the plot. After helping Bruce Wayne and Diana Prince stop a bank robbery from Al Falcone's terrorist group gone wrong in Gotham City, which everyone's talking about the babies at the beginning. I personally thought, you know, the CGI was not great, obviously, um, could have been improved, but I thought it was entertaining as hell. It gave me the types of vibes that the good types of vibes I had watching the first Deadpool, where it was a lot of action, a lot of fun, a lot of, it felt almost improv in the way that it was like, you know, how's he going to save all the babies? Oh my gosh, one's going to get cut in half. One's going to get blown up. One's going to get thrown in the microwave. One's going to go to, you know, they're all going different places. And, and then what is he doing? He's like looking and, and he's like, ah, oh, he has just got to go get food. And, and it's like, what it's like the average audience. I would just feel like the average audience is just like, like what is going on? Oh my god, he's getting a hot dog. He's got to get the energy, you know. And then he goes to save all the babies and shit like that. I, I just thought it was a, it was an entertaining sequence. I, I don't know why. Um, there's a lot of uh, I, I see a lot of qualms happening against this first uh, action scene, and I thought it was pretty good for, you know reintroducing us to the characters the world having some fun a few laughs i was like what more were you expecting in a dc movie normally it's dark depressing and 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 the writing's not really even that good and i, I was like when i saw these babies falling from the uh from the uh, sky and stuff like that i was like oh any muschetti is going for it because if you've seen what muschetti does and um it like he does not give a fuck if you are a kid or if you're a grown man, he will buck you up. Um, like Pennywise does not give a shit. Like, so when I saw these babies going down and the microwave and all this shit going down and he pops one out of the microwave and shit like that, I was like, this is, it feels like kind of a dark depraved humor that um, Muschietti would have. I was, I, I, I was here for it. I, I, I most of DC stuff, like I said, has not been fun like this, even though there are light bits of humor. I never felt like I had really a good time. Maybe a little bit of Aquaman I had a good time, but it feels like such a long time ago. Was that 2018? Lord. So, um, you know, Wonder Woman, Bruce, uh, Batman, they all show up. The CGI is the CGI. I'm not going to harp on it the whole time. Um, so Barry Allen revisits his childhood home and remembers his youth and his uh, with his parents, Nora and Henry, before Henry's wrongful imprisonment for Nora's murder, which I was like, how did this even happen? Like, I, I honestly would have liked a little bit more detail about how his father was uh, convicted immediately. Like, Ron Livingston seemed like, a, or slash Billy Crudup that was in the first Justice League, who was, I think he had tried to be in this and he couldn't come back for reshoots or something like that. Um, anyways, overcome by his emotions, Barry accidentally uses the speed force to travel back in time earlier in the day and informs Bruce about it, which I think is a cool concept in the beginning. And honestly, the only thing about it is it feels like it happens to a point where he just does not there aren't repercussions for going into the speed force, but I could be wrong. Let me continue on and see if I got any of this, any of this wrong. Of course, like I said, um, I'm not coming from a comic book perspective. I'm coming from just the visual standpoint of watching the movie and watching the previous Justice League movies. So take it with a grain of salt if I'm getting his speed force, uh, his his moves or his you know running wrong. And I gotta say, I 
I think Miller has a wacky ass run, but it's kind of funny with how the CGI is going in the background. Got like a speed racer background going on. I, I, I liked the visualization and him popping up in this speed force and the bubble and the, uh, the, the Coliseum looking thing with all the people kind of going in CGI motion and stuff like that. I was like, yes, it's a little bit wonky, but on the other hand, I understand the notion of him going into the speed force and it was happening at a pace where it was easy for the audience to understand. And I do got to say that some of these multiverse movies that have come before were not nearly as um, visually coherent for the audience to understand what the speed force is, what is going on here kind of thing. So Barry tells uh, Batman that he's been using the, he used the speed force and does all, you know, some crazy stuff goes back in time a little bit. Um, despite Bruce's warnings about time travel that can have unintended consequences, Barry goes back to the day of Nora's death and prevents it from happening. I got to say, Ben Affleck has never been a better Bruce Wayne in Batman than he is in this movie. It is phenomenal. Um, I, it, it's kind of, there's many good things about this aspect that I wished had bled through to the earlier movies, um, that being one of them. So, um, the Flash goes back in time and uh, goes back to the day of Nora, his, his mother's death, and prevents it from happening. He just adds some tomatoes that his mother forgot, which she had told her husband, Ron Livingston, the Flash's father, to go get, which thus there was, uh, he wasn't there to, I guess, protect his wife um, and prevents it from happening. So as Barry returns to the present, he is knocked out of the speed force by another speedster and ends up in an alternate 2013 where his mother is still alive. And so it's, I, I've already mentioned, it's very much back to the future-esque. I mean, every, I can't really say too much about it, but it's very much back to the future. It's even referenced. It's, Eric Stoltz is in this one, I guess. He finds his past self and realizes he has arrived on the day he originally obtained his powers. So this is an important day, one for the viewer, the audience, and obviously the story, the character, all of that. Um, but the, um, the main thing is the CGI. Now, I said I wasn't going to harp on it. Now, let me say something positive about it. The CGI of the old and young Ezra Miller, first of all, the acting, I got to say, having seen Shazam 2, where the whole premise is a young kid can Shazam himself, and he turns into a damn Superman looking, uh, or well, let's, let me rephrase that, he turns in, maybe not a Superman, but he turns into a, a Zach Levi uh, wannabe Superman lookalike, um, I'm not a Levi fan at all. I, that guy can go. That guy can go do himself. I, I, I've that guy is terrible. I don't want to go on a rant on him, but if you look at some shit that that guy's been up to, it is it's not great. It's not great. Um, so the whole premise of that Shazam two movie is he has to act like his younger the younger actor has to act like the older actor, and the older actor has to act like the younger actor. That's not happening at all in that movie. But this performance between Miller and himself or whoever his double was half the time, it was believable as hell. The entire time I was like, 
how did they get a younger how did they get a younger Ezra Miller there standing right beside him wrestling with himself punching himself like like interacting with himself in so many ways that I didn't even question it I remember seeing this and uh Ewan McGregor plays two different twins I guess in Fargo and I was like how did they do it there but it never feels like this this is like a different level of seamless it just to double the main actor twice is just kind of a, a, a crazy notion in my opinion but I bet that was uh it took a lot of planning and a lot of like thinking from the director's standpoint of how you actually execute that so I got to say it was done well in my opinion I got to say before we go any further when he's knocked out of the speed force by um this random speedster when he's trying to go back home and it's like this dark shadowy figure instantly i was like yep that's definitely evil barry from the future or something like that i was like if anyone has ever watched a time travel ass movie it's like what the fuck are you gonna have find at the end of the tunnel and it seems like it's always the same thing and it, i'm not it does fall into some of these time travel tropes and I had just wished that it it didn't. Barry and his younger self go to Central City Police Department where Barry forces 2013 Barry to be struck by lightning in order to recreate the accident that gave him powers. And like the whole time young Barry is just like bouncing off the walls explaining how Justice League mostly isn't there. Uh, I think Batman is. Um, but the, it, it's just all this like fish out of water type stuff. Old Barry's interacting with his had interacted with his uh, parents who are both alive um, and not in jail. So that's okay. But having to deal with young Barry acting all wacky and stuff like that, he's like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta fucking fix this. I gotta give Barry the powers so that I end up with the powers." Both Barrys end up getting struck by lightning giving 2013 barry his powers but causing barry our barry to lose his own powers in the process now this has happened in multitudes of superhero comics they always love to give the powers and take the powers so that they can't you know escape the world or they can't you know you know fly away from their problems so we've seen this a few times hell even spider-man has had this problem but um seeing 2013 barry gain his powers is kind of like a short origin story for a little bit and him just going nuts and wild and older barry is constantly talking to him his younger self and saying how annoying and uh, of a, a person he is and it feels like us as the viewer almost talking to Ezra Miller as himself it, it feels like uh, you know a, a meta commentary about how a lot of people feel about Ezra Miller unfortunately um or their self so um the da, 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 as Barry struggles to train 2013 Barry uh on how to properly use his powers uh, the two of them see a broadcast by General Zod, who is preparing to invade Earth. So at this point, I believe we have fallen into basically the back end of Man of Steel, except Superman is not in this world, or he's not been brought to this world ever. Um, or he had not grown up in, you know, 
Metropolis, I guess. Is that what it was? So, uh, da, 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 da. the Barrys attempt to assemble the Justice League, but are unsuccessful, as in his timeline, they are unable to locate Diana. Victor Stone has not been in his accident yet, and Arthur, Arthur Curry was never born. Um, the two travel to Wayne Manor, hoping to find Batman, but instead find an alternate, older version of Bruce Wayne, who has retired from crime fighting. They convince, okay, so the introduction to Keaton, pretty badass, not going to lie. Um, obviously, you couldn't see his face the whole time, so some other dude under the, under the wig, but it was still funny seeing him having to fight both the berries. Um, so... Older Bruce Wayne, played by Michael Keaton, pretty cool intro. I thought after the intro, he's basically could be any other character because they don't really do that much with the backstory of uh, Bruce Wayne. So it's like, where has he been this whole time? What has he been doing? His connection to Barry feels so thin, unfortunately. I almost wished that it had been the Ben Affleck Batman. I don't know if it would have been better if it would have been the Ben Affleck Batman. It's I have nothing bad to say about the performance of Keaton at all. I think his his embodiment of and having fun of being Batman is still there. He seems to still have like this crazy look in his eye, like he still kind of like enjoys doing the shit. But I did not feel the Marty McFly, Doc Brown kind of connection that I think they wanted us to feel between the two and, or at least the three. And so I I felt his reasoning for helping Barry was very thin. And he was like, you want to get struck by lightning? Okay, I'll help you. It just seemed kind of like an okie doke, like he didn't have anything better to do in a, in a way. It wasn't so much a well, it looks like Zod's invading Earth, so I guess we better do something. You know, it, he's he, he kind of seems not quite reluctant, but just like indifferent about it. I was like, okay, is he excited about going or does he want to do it? Or, you know, is he just here for the check? Like most people were saying like, uh, so this is when Michael Shannon starts showing up and apparently Michael Shannon, I I, I don't have any uh, uh, articles up about it, but I think he's been pretty vocal about not liking uh, doing this role and coming back and reprising his role it, the role does not look difficult he just plays very solemn one note guy you know boo boo earth and you know this is my planet kind of thing and it's like dude did, he probably got paid two to five million just to come back at least um and i had no idea that michael shannon was even going to be in the movie so when i saw him show up on the tv i was so hyped there were so many cameos of like like ben affleck i didn't think he was going to be in the movie um uh, i didn't know wonder woman was going to be in the movie there was a whole bunch of individuals that were in the movie that i was like dude this is so hype i was like this is actually not bad and so i was having a pretty good time through most of this and i think around the introduction of batman is kind of where i actually start to have more qualms because it becomes it feels like less of barry's focused story which i felt was actually pretty good until the more superhero stuff comes in and so the uh, the stuff leads us to um help bruce to help them find cal l 
And I got to say the pasta that uh, the spaghetti or whatever Bruce was cooking up, Michael Keaton was cooking up for Miller looked disgusting. <laughs> it looked absolutely disgusting. I was like, what is that? <laughs> Doesn't look good at all. My Lord. And so using a backdoor connection to NASA within the Batcave, Barry and Bruce are able to locate a Kryptonian pod that was recently discovered in Siberia. Upon arrival, they instead find Cal L's cousin, Kara Zora L. I think that is played by, is it Marib Maribel? No, that's not her. Maribel Kersey Clemens? No, it's not her. I think, is that her? Oh, no. I, all of these are not her. Where, where the hell is she? Supergirl. Sasha Cali. Sorry, it was, took me a second. I don't have any of these in order. So played by Sasha Cal. Off the top, good performance, not much on the script. If there was a four-hour movie, which I, I heard that that was the original runtime of the, the first cut of this movie, I bet there was a lot of her stuff dropped. Um, I actually heard... Uh, Henry Cavill was supposed to be in this movie. I'm not sure how much they shot. They might have had him at the beginning of the movie, which would have made a lot more sense. I think I would have liked it a little bit more just having the cohesion of everyone together. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. Um, but I did enjoy Sasha Cowley's performance, 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 <laughs> performance. Uh, and um, I hope we see more of her. But because of the whole James Gunn, uh, finger snap of it all then I, I just the gun snap then i just don't know i don't know if she's going to come back so anyways they find uh, kara after rescuing kara from the facility barry asks bruce to help him get his powers back by recreating the original accident the first attempt fails and nearly kills barry hold on i got to talk about the the super uh super girl um fight it was pretty badass i mean it was punch him punch him up got uh, Batman and shing 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 shing, you know, Flash doing his thing, kind of fucking shit up. But um, you know, and the other Barry didn't have his powers. But still, I thought that the Supergirl shit was uh was pretty cool. And you know, she's a badass. Um, and yeah, da -da 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 -da. the first attempt fails and nearly kills Barry, prompting Kara to fly Barry into the storm and get struck by lightning a second time. Okay, so. They actually, Bruce, like, literally gets the lightning to come down, like, Frankenstein, Frankenstein style, just, like, shock Ezra Miller. And I think, honestly, the one thing I think a lot of people are having a funny time or a good time watching this was just how much they, they beat, it feels like they beat the hell out of Ezra Miller as an actor in this. They just, like, shocking him, beating him, punching him. Um, all these different things are happening to him. So, you know, if you don't like the actor of Ezra Miller, it's, it, you know, half the movie is him getting beat up anyway. So <laughs> I was actually kind of laughing at a lot of that. And then him getting like shocked by the lightning and that not working. And so she's going to like bring his ass all the way to the sky. Um, and I guess just getting shocked by lightning gives you powers all of a sudden gives you the powers back. So um, he receives his powers. Kara and Bruce join the two berries to fight Zod's forces. 
Um, and the two berries kind of do like this speed thing where they like line up and like shing. And, uh, you know, it's pretty dope. Uh, I, th like I said, the CGI is the CGI. Some works great, some works not so great. Um, not going to harp on it anymore. I keep saying that, and I do. <laughs> um, the, um, but, but, but like I said, there was never a time that I thought the CGI was actually bad on the two berries. And I thought that was actually the most important thing. So, yeah, they fight. Zod's forces, Zod's forces from the first movie come back and there's freaking badass whooping, whooping ass. Kira learns that Zod intercepted an infant Cal-El's escape pod and killed him during a failed attempt to retrieve the growth codex needed to remake Earth into Krypton, which is that's what Zod wants to do with Zod revealing the codex was within uh Kara. Um, and he's like, the baby did not survive. <laughs> and she's like, ah! like, like, oh my God. It's like lasers. She's like, that's it. And then she just like goes in. It's just like, you, you, she's like, <laughs> the baby did not survive is going down. I, I think that might go down as a, uh, unfortunate line for, for some reasons. Um, but it's just like such a cold ass line and uh michael shannon's delivery of it just reminds me of uh you know in man of steel he's like i will find him you know it's just like so fucking over the top it's like dude can you relax for half a second it's like it's like, <laughs> it's like michael shannon had too much energy and henry cavill didn't have enough it was like can y'all meet in the middle a little bit on that <laughs> um but i you're like holy shit they killed superman in this uh timeline and so the two berries travel back through back through time to save their companions and we are going through like a multitude of these time loops that you, you know michael keaton's like committing s s batman using this the bat pod he's like i'm taking a few down with me and it didn't even feel necessary that he had to do that i was like can you get a, escape the pod of some sort and i love how the the airplane of the pod the outside of the actual pod would spin but his interior would stay uh straight i thought that the tech in this was really cool anything from seeing barry's suit have the uh calorie monitor energy monitor to anything of uh that was happening in uh, with all the bat suits in the bat cave and all of the technical things that this movie had going for it i thought um, with the gadgets and the gadgets and stuff like that. I enjoyed all that stuff. So the, um, the, the time loops are happening. We see Supergirl die like five or six times. I was like, she's badass, but why you got to kill it like five or six times? And so Barry's continuously going back in time, all these different times. And you see like younger Barry kind of turning into an asshole. And so, you know, you're like, can you relax for a second? So they go back repeatedly back time through, you know, time and time, but always failing. As 2013 Barry travels, the multiverse starts to collapse in on itself. Eventually, the dark speedster who originally knocked Barry out of the speed force returns and is revealed to be a future version of 2013 Barry, who still believes he can save the world from Zod and prevent the deaths of Bruce and Kara. He explains the casual loop paradox that led to his own creation, but grows angry when Barry reveals 
his own intention to reverse the changes to the timeline by letting Nora die. Um, so yeah, and, and we're back to like trying to save a parent back in time. Definitely have seen this before. Um, so enraged, the dark speedster attempts to kill Barry, but impales 2013 Barry, who sacrifices himself to save Barry and wipes this dark speedster speedster from the timeline young barry old uh, both 2013 old and young done in the aftermath barry undoes the changes he does he made to the timeline and comes to terms with his own with his mother's death who granted she had been dead for a few years, but still, that's still very sad because he had just been in contact with her. He had had all those flashbacks with her and, um, you know, it, seeing her in real life, he going back in the grocery store, the, that whole scene I thought worked tremendously well. You know, this that's, that's where I gave it the eight out of 10 because I think most of it is pretty crowd-pleasing from that degree. Um, let me think. Okay, so come to terms with his own mother's death. However, he makes a minor change in the past, creating new changes in the present day that proves Henry's innocence. Um, after returning to the present, helping, sorry, in helping to exonerate Henry, Barry is contacted by Bruce, a.k.a. George Clooney, from Batman and Robin, whose appearance has changed once again as a result of Barry's, Barry's timeline change. In a post credit scene, Barry tells a drunken Arthur Curry about his experiences traveling the multiverse. Anywhere I go, you are, Aquaman. And that, my friends, is the 2023 movie, The Flash, directed by Andy Muschietti. Let me know what you thought about the review. Let me know what you thought about the film. Let me know how I can improve. Like, subscribe. You know what to do. Look at our podcast. Uh, stay tuned with us on your favorite podcast provider, whether we're on SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitch, or anything else, whatever the social media uh, preferences in your universe. We are probably on it. Spotify, even on that too. So um, any questions in the chat, if you do, We'll stick around for another 30 seconds to a minute. If you don't, we are going to head on out, bag it and tag it. Um, anything else we want to discuss about The Flash? Like I said, most of these articles are coming out with saying $55 million debuts, not great on that high of a budget. Um, let me see. Oh, I didn't even mention about the big cameos at the end. There is mass cameos of uh, that I had a, a wonderful time when he's going through the Speed Force fighting evil 2013 Flash at the very end. We see like 20 different variations, maybe 30 different variations of all these different casts of uh, of Superman from Christopher Reeves to um, Nick Cage fighting the giant uh, spider that Kevin Smith had made or something like that. It was like a, it was a joke or a comic or something like that. I can't remember exactly what happened, but um, there was 
an amalgamation, an oversaturation of these cameos that I was absolutely here for. And I understood that the CGI obviously was not 100%. The thing was, I just had such a good time seeing the visualization of it. I was like, I don't even care. I was like, when are y'all ever going to get a time to do this again? You know, this this movie is so ridiculous and it's going for such a, a high level of entertainment uh, that that it, or, or like I want to say like it's more of like a crowd pleaser that I think that it actually works it, it works on a lot of levels and it, the qualms in my opinion are pretty low pretty low so um yeah let me know what you thought about the movie the review everything else luggedoutpodcast.com let me know how to improve thumbs up subscribe you know how to support us um, we are also on patreon.com slash look it up podcast for the full review and uh, retro reviews, anime reviews, all that support us with less than the cost of a cup of coffee. So thank you for listening, watching look it up podcast. Take it easy.